I rewatched this last night. Mm hmm. Everyone is hot. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Magic Makes Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together every other week and recap the Italian Magical Girl series, Winks Club. I'm Brendan, fairy of the surging sea. And I'm Tess, fairy of the squeaky chair. Today we're watching the Dutch stage show from 2006, Winks Club on Tour. Starring Therza Solser as Bloom, Martine Howard as Stella, Amber Van Hardevald as Tecna, Joyce Van Berkel as Flora, Irene Borst as Musa, and Sharita Yonkhart as Aisha. Ooh. Also appearing are Tanya Denise as Icy, Yvette DeWilde as Darcy, and Lori Rice as Stormy. Unfortunately, we do in fact have to deal with White, Flora, and Musa because this is the Netherlands in the year 2006. Before we jump in, we have to address the elephant in the room. V, you're fired. God damn it, not again. In all seriousness. So throughout this production, Aisha is consistently referred to as Layla. She is the only character who had her name changed for international audiences. The reason for this is genuinely unknown, but I have developed my own theory based on hearsay and digital speculation. As we know, Winx Club is a cartoon made to sell toys. Toys require international licensing and trademarks to clear so that you don't step on anyone else's feet. See, for example, several Transformers whose names have been changed for this reason, or have their faction name. You can't trademark just the word Ratchet, but you can copyright Autobot Ratchet. So enter Neopets. Oh. There is a species of Neopet called Aisha, which is spelled the same as the name Aisha. My theory is that her name was changed to avoid legal conflict with Neopets, who was, even at the time, owned by Viacom. Once Wings Club was bought by Nickelodeon, which is also a Viacom company, that would have cancelled any potential conflicts, which is why I believe, in Season 5 onward, they were able to change her name back to Aisha. Also, of course, in the redub of Season 3 and Season 4, and in all of in the uh, Season 2 recap special that she appears in. I forgot that Nickelodeon bought Net Neopets. Yeah, Nickelodeon owns Neopets and now Winx Club as well. And so they're all under the Viacom umbrella. Um, before we go any further, that was really the biggest thing I wanted to address. Aside from some stuff about the production, but did we get any listener questions? We got one. All right. From... Anne B at Small Soul Four on Twitter, and they ask: um, Asterisk slides in while holding a bag of popcorn, and asterisk greetings. Hello. For my question, what are both of your personal expectations to this? First impressions. So the sad realization is we have seen this musical multiple times. Uh, one of which was entirely unsubtitled, which is quite the experience. <laughs> Just hearing Aisha say something that sounds like yeah, whore. Which I spoke to my Dutch friend. That's something you say every day in Dutch, and it's basically just hold up. <laughs> it's very jarring because there are some words that are the same, some words that are completely different. Um, I'm a big fan of theater, so I'm going to be peppering in my fun theater things. And I like to pretend I know about theater, so I have my own speculations. <laughs> um, we had no idea what to expect. I think this was, was this the first or the last of the stage productions we watched? So I know we've seen this one, and I know we've seen the Winx Club, the Winx Power Show production which I believe was 2005. We've seen Wink's Power Show. We've seen this one clearly because we're doing an episode on it. And we have seen the Ice Show. 
Yes, we did see the ice show as well, which is from, I want to say 2006 or seven. This show, out of the two stage shows that we watched, had the higher production budget. It certainly did. And it was very clearly released on, like, DVD or something. Because there are some shots that are cobbled together because that was the better take. I would say that, yes. So you were able to notice that they might have stitched together multiple production nights. Oh, yeah. Like, at the end, when they're doing, like, that conk- that conk- that tango dance? Spoiler, they do a tango dance. Or, like, a salsa kind of thing. There's a bit where Tecna, like, does a kick, but in the wide shot, she is standing straight. Mmm, okay. It's like with, um... Uh, in my high school theater, we did that a lot, where the person who recorded is supposed to choose the best takes. Sometimes they didn't, because hmm. we're just a high school and we're kind of poor. Um, where it's, oh, that didn't happen on that night. It's just how theater goes sometimes, especially on um, DVD releases of things. That makes It actually makes perfect sense. Yeah. Make it look as like you remember it looking from your youth. This is one of my favorite bits of children's media that I've seen in a while. It is so fun. It's honestly incredibly delightful. While we are doing this episode, Brendan will have more of the plot. I will definitely chime in, but I have more of the theater funds. I don't know if we answered your question, (laughs) but- Uh, Yeah, unfortunately, this wasn't our first time watching it, but I can tell you that uh, we will have completely raw and new reactions once we get to later seasons, or just things in the timeline of the show that we don't remember. So thank you for your question. If you'd like to ask us a question, you can feel free to either tweet at us at MagicWinksPod on Twitter, or if your content is longer than the what is it, four-something, 400-something characters you get for a tweet nowadays? Uh, 280. Ah, okay. You can shoot that to us on our email address, which is magicwinksclubhouse at gmail.com. We don't have a website. We probably won't for a while. (laughs) Someday, maybe. So, back to talking about the production. In my research, I could find nothing about this show beyond the cast list the fact that it's from 2006 and the show summary as uploaded by Wings Club Netherlands on YouTube translated from Dutch I found a little bit more on and by a little bit more I found the Winks on tour page on the Dutch wikia (laughs) hmm so this is so I've learned that this is the DVD rip, not like a TV cinema or whatever, like shown or whatever. It had some of the songs. This is where I found some of the songs. So another thing to note: this did come out either near the end of season two or possibly during the season break between two and three, but it is completely self-contained. The only references to season two are the castle where Flora is held prisoner, and the presence of Aisha and Helia. There's also a mention of the Pixies and Charmix, but they do not show up. Also, like as mentioned, this is available on the Winx Club Netherland YouTube channel. This will be linked on our Twitter. We were. I was also able to find a much lower quality rip Probably also of somebody's DVD, but it was uploaded like 11 years ago. Yeah, that that's where we found the rest of the song. We don't have all the songs. It's where we found a, 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 quite a bit of them, though. Because that um, those were broken up into smaller chunks, but did subtitle lyrics. And some have been taken down. So the show opens with the Six Winks performing an extended version of the theme song in front of a three-part backdrop, which is layered so the panels can slide in front of each other. 
So since there's not that much that goes on in this number beyond a little bit of dancing to the theme song, um, do you want to talk about the production design a little bit? Yes. Okay. So first things first, the costumes are amazing. Techna's hat is stupid, but they need to do that so she can take it off for civilian portions. So I don't usually watch a lot of full-on stage shows, but I have seen a, like, a lot of the Sailor Moon ones. And this feels... It, it feels the same way those are done, as projected backdrops with occasional physical props. Though... I'd imagine that this set is not very complex because this is a touring production that needs to get taken down and put back up a lot. The set work is genius. It's very well done, and it's it's really good for being so minimal. Um, and I love the costumes. And they have some of those, like, lasers. You know, like, the laser light shows? Like, there's a bit where... Like, Flora's making, not now, but Flora's making, like, a flower or something, and that's just laser projected, which is really cool. Uh, so for the costuming, the wig quality ranges from good to passable. But <laughs> I would say the best looking hair is Aisha's. It feels like she's in a half wig and using the, like, the front part of her hair, since Aisha's is the easiest hairstyle to recreate in real life. Right. And I think the same is happening for Flora. Bloom is arguable. That is either a half wig or a... Like, I can't tell if that's a very good quality red wig or if they have just, like, you know, color-treated her naturally brown hair to make it redder and then just put a lot of extensions in it. Anything's possible at this point. There's no way to know. This happened 15 years ago. Uh, still, I'm using Tecna are fully bewigged. Oh, yeah. Tecna has the best of the three wigs, even if it looks like a purple Karen. When they are in civilian mode, they are all wearing their Winx boots because their outfits, their civilian outfits, go over top for a very cool quick change scene later on. I'm curious of how often the full fairy outfits are on underneath civilian clothes, just because of the fact that everybody wears crop tops. Um, I would argue that maybe not their full outfits all of the time. Definitely the shoes. But at the bare minimum, I think everybody's usually wearing their top underneath their whatever they're wearing right now. Except for Tecna, because, you know, she's got the full cat suit. Last tiny bit to note is Stella is going to have pigtails the entire time. And I think this looks really cute on her. Yeah, um, I think it's because they either didn't have the money for a unstyled or for a hair down Stella wig, or the process of changing out and gluing down a new one would take too long. It is definitely the second one. Also, all of the costumes are very well done. Like, don't get too close to them because that's when you can see. Things start to fall apart, but they're not meant to be seen from that close. You will see the wings kind of on a little cattywampus or the invisible bra strap holding up a bit of the shirt. Or that um, certain patterns, notably everybody's in their season two civilian outfits. So Bloom has an argyle pattern on her crop top, which is puffy painted on, it looks like. Someone stuck different colored triangles of felt onto a shirt and then just dotted it with like a magic marker. It looks really good from far away. It's supposed to be read from the stage. The people who are going to be paying attention to this musical are like 7 and 12 year old girls, mostly. Quite a few younger ones from the crowd shots too. I'd say we're starting at the age of maybe 4. Broad age range... Four to fifteen. One of my favorite things about this musical is going to be the crowd shots. Yeah, because you can see all of the parents, grandparents, various guardians, siblings. <laughs> all right, so I think we've talked through their uh, beginning song. So Miss Ferragonda shows up. <laughs> yeah, Ferragonda pops up on a jumbotron, uh, berates them <laughs> for not studying. Uh, they've got a big, like, mission coming up. She asks if they can handle it. 
And of course they can. They're the Winks. And that starts our second number. And they decided to go right back to singing. Which is We Are the Winks, a full version of the transformation song with individual verses for each girl, where they introduce themselves and tell you what they're all about. Something caught my eye in the second number. And it does happen in the rest of the numbers in the show. Let me explain what I think I saw. I think they either mute the mics so the actress can focus on dancing and the backing has the singing mixed into it. Or maybe they muted the um, mics for the DVD recording because you can kind of hear Bloom twice when she starts singing in this music number. So the girls don't have to worry about a missed cue or a bubble in a throat. I've seen this done with like some live singing on TV. Makes sense. <laughs> also, Aisha's verse does not go with her powers. Uh, yeah. Um, instead of being about how she's the fairy of water, uh, it's about how she doesn't okay. live to dance. She dances to live. Let's, uh, let's do a quick rundown. Uh, Bloom is full of boss and vinegar. I mean, fire <laughs> and energy. Uh, Stella is always there for you with the light of the sun and the moon. Aisha, don't live to dance, dance to live. Uh, Flora likes plants and studying. Tecna is a genius. And Musa is available in stereo where available. <laughs> so after that number, Griselda pops up on the Jumbotron with Farragonda. And, you know, she starts being a wet blanket. Farragonda will only appear via Jumbotron, presumably so that they could do all of her lines once and just play it on the projection. Same thing with Griselda. She's not here that often. She's here about half as much as Farragonda. I only counted one appearance by Griselda. I feel like there was two, but... Also, her actress is pulling a very exaggerated frown face the entire time she's on screen. Because if you remember, Griselda's mouth is very frog-like and at the bottom of her chin. Also, Griselda makes a remark that the Winks just treat the magical dimension like one big playground. They're not worthy of being at Alfia, which is real harsh after they saved the entire dimension last year. But whatever. <laughs> and that, you know, they're more just about... Just ignore it. They're more focused on, like, fun and boys than responsibilities in school. And Farragonda goes, yeah, but... And says that the Winks have a very important mission coming up, which is the plot of this show. Speaking of, we then get an establishing shot of Alfia from the TV show. And we focus back on stage, and the girls are hanging out in their dorm, which is represented as one bedroom. <laughs> and by one bedroom, I mean there is a bed in the middle of the shot. And the walls of probably Flora and Bloom's dorm room are being projected on the walls. Right now we get a brief primer of the girls and their personalities. Like, Bloom is excited to be here. Aisha's exercising in the corner. Tecna's fussing with her watch. Flora is making plant. And Musa is... Music? Jamming. Let's also briefly... I have brief descriptions of their season two civilian outfits, since this is the first time we will be seeing them chronologically in the podcast. Since a new season for the cartoon meant new character designs, so we can have more outfits to put on the dolls. So Bloom is in an Argyle crop top and shorts with tights. Uh, Flora has a long sleeve crop top, daisy print jeans, and a ribbon belt. Stella is in a very cute striped mini dress. Musa has a sleeveless top with arm warmers and jeans. Uh, and Tecna is a Pokemon trainer, but from the remake of the game where her season lap that came from. <laughs> These are all really good outfits. Oh, Aisha also has a sleeveless crop top hoodie and just jeans. And also some arm warmers, if I remember correctly. A, a single arm warmer. And one sweatband. Ah, asymmetry. She's sporty spice. <laughs> yeah, Aisha's just doing crunches for this entire scene. But wait, no, she does do some leg lifts. And then she does some leg lifts. Um, so Bloom is stuck on what kind of mission that Farragonda is going to be sending them on, since it sounds important. And Tecna just kind of goes, well, of course, there's going to be monsters, because we can never have any peace and quiet. 
<laughs> and then Musa just goes, what'd you say? And Tecna yells back, we can't have any peace and quiet, Musa. Real quick, Musa is, those are not headphones, those look like ear protection. They probably are. <laughs> um, so there's a sound of an explosion from offstage, and Stella enters stage right, pursued by a fog machine. <laughs> Apparently she blew her closet up somehow. <laughs> That one got you, didn't it, Skippy? <laughs> Stella blew up her closet. Tecna uh, tells her she really shouldn't do that. Stella picks a fight over how Tecna... I like, you know, even if my closet's broken, I can always print out space in yours because you always wear the same two things. And Flora goes, stop the madness. Because her flowers hate fighting. <laughs> Flora is super excited for classes to start. Yeah, it's enchantment class time, presumably taught by Professor Sandal. Uh, Stella has no time for enchantments because her closet has exploded, so she needs to go to magics to replace her entire wardrobe. Uh, she saw a t-shirt in a store window that she says would do wonders for her and that Brandon would really like. And it sure is 2006, because I don't think anybody would say that about a t-shirt now. <laughs> Uh, Bloom complains that Sky hasn't called her. Boys are so awkward about communication. Aisha changes from crunches to leg lifts. Uh, and is like, be glad you have a boyfriend. Guys get busy too. And Stella doesn't understand why they're still getting these kinds of missions because they're already really, really good. And you can't improve on perfect. Uh, and then Tecna becomes Debbie, fairy of downers, when she points out that the tricks are a recurring issue. And everyone cringes in fear like she just said the name Voldemort. So um, Stella doesn't care about the tricks because it's not easy to be a fairy. And Musa thinks that's a great number for a song. So we get our next musical number. The life of a fairy isn't so, easy. This is so fun. It's a very cute little number, though. About how you, sometimes you just want to do some normal stuff and then a bad guy shows up. As you do. You want to do some normal stuff, and then a saxophone appears. Wait a minute! Yeah, Musa conspicuously dives under the prop bed to pull out a saxophone, which she mimes playing to the big sax break in the song. It's a foot tapper. And so after the number, uh, someone notices they're going to be late for class. I couldn't see who was talking, and I can't tell their voices apart. And then Stella's like, wait, but I need to go I need to go buy some clothes. And everybody says, Stella, and they leave. She has the tiniest like Stella What? Just Oh, it was so cute. And as the house lights go dark, there is ominous cackling. The camera cuts to the audience and the tricks are running down their aisle the aisles with their capes flung wide. And they stop halfway to the stage and begin their villain song, Follow the Tricks. And unfortunately, this is where the version with the song subtitled stops halfway through the first verse. I think that there was a translation on the Dutch wikia or somewhere on the internet. Because I have, where are the winks? So sickly sweet. So nice and good. What a lie. We're honest. Being mean is just more fun. And that sounds about right. So halfway through the song, they stop. They introduce themselves to the audience. And now in this movie, Stormy isn't the angry one as much as she is the Ed to Icy and Darcy's Shenzi and Bonsai. As they're passing the children, like they're just, because we can see into the audience with the kids. They are so adorable. And I have a line here. Where it's like, you don't want to be a loser, right? Choose the winners. The witches. And it's like, this is the exact stuff I want from them. Uh, also, I noticed that Icy and Stormy have solid colored capes, but Darcy's is purple with a brown lining. Ooh. They, they do some light audience work. They're revealed that they're there to spy on the winks and get up to some evil nonsense. And then they have a dance break with Kate choreography. Oh, it's so good. 
Uh, Icy's wig is really, really well done. Um, Stormy and Darcy's a little bit less so. This is going to be the best Icy wig out of any of the productions we've ever seen. Darcy and Stormy's look like helmets with hair on them. Yeah, I guess I guess because it was 2006 and stage wigs are expensive, they couldn't figure out how to do Darcy's blonde bangs on a brown hairdo. So there are two very obvious, like, big tracks of blonde, like, dark blonde in the front. Right. And then Stormy's just look like they're coming out of, like, purple painted paper towel rolls. <laughs> Also, halfway through this number, Flora wanders on stage. And the tricks are just like, hey, we heard your song that you were singing in your dorm room on the way over. We really hope this assignment does not involve us. <laughs> also, um, Darcy calls Flora a little kraut fairy. Sick burn. <laughs> okay, here's where some stuff... Here, I keep getting shocked every time I watch this one part. Mm-hmm. Stormy manages to get Flora's book and tosses it to the side. Flora makes a break for it, and then Darcy screams like a banshee, charges at her, and blocks the book. Uh, Flora tries to transform, but the stagehands are not on her side, so she can't. And then they just steal Flora. Yeah, they they interrogate her about the mission, but she hasn't been debriefed yet, so she literally has no idea what they're talking about. Uh, Stormy and Icy make some weird noises. Darcy hypnotizes Flora so the tricks can interrogate her, and they all walk off stage. And that's when we change scenes, which is enchantment class, which is not actually a class, it's just everybody getting briefed. Uh, there's also a note here that uh, Flora might have gone back to the dorm room to get her homework, because this musical is going to treat it like Flora is the smart one, not Tecna. Yeah, I... My notes here are like, why is Flora late? Maybe she was changing. Maybe she's not feeling well. Maybe she's getting her homework, the nerd, because they all giggle after the homework line. I think it is canon that Flora gets the best grades after Tecna. She's very studious, because she just loves being at school. Also, Farragonda is in black and white for some reason in this scene. Is she? I didn't notice. Yeah. It was very odd for me. So Farragonda beams onto the blackboard and tells them that she is ready to give them their mission. And the girl, well, she asks where Flora is, and the girls mumble out some non-subtitled excuses before Farragonda moves on to the full brief. The tricks want to get the magical essence from the planets, and it's up to you girls to stop them. Find the magic circle and the new power within. Also, you can't use your pixies or tromics. Bye! I'm pretty sure this is actually also the plot of season eight. <laughs> nice Olmec voice. Um, Thank you. Uh, quick question for those who don't know, and also for me, what are the Pixies and Charmix? Uh, the Pixies are side characters introduced in season two. They are um, like chibi designed. They're, they've got the super deformed aesthetic, and they exist basically to both sell more dolls and give the Winx girls somebody to bounce off of one-on-one. So, for example, when Stella is, like, having a personal moment, like a personal crisis, her pixie will be there to bounce ideas off of her, basically. Okay. And Charmix is a power-up introduced in Season 2 that takes the form of a some extra accessories that again some more dolls um they i understand why the pixies aren't in the musical because that does require more casting and more effort i'm surprised that the charmix aren't just already built onto the outfits because if i remember correctly the winx power show does that where all of them just have their Charmix accessories at all times. Everyone gets purses. Or fanny packs. And Farragonda tells them that they will need to find the core of their own power sources to succeed. She then bids them good luck and signs off. 
immediately after Farragonda signs off, the girls are just like, let's ask the specialists for help. She didn't say anything about specialists. Yeah, Stella is working on some exact words. Uh, so The they- letter, not the spirit. As a side note, we get Tecna looking things up on her database, which is her smartwatch. The girls talk about their respective boyfriends, and Aisha's just like, no, we need to do this on our own. This is our assignment, not theirs. So, Stella suggests that they go to Red Fountain and talk to the boys, because obviously Brandon would know where the magic circle is. Why? Bloom says Sky has probably already been to where it is, because he's been everywhere. Okay. So for Bloom, this is actually kind of cute, but Stella's working an angle, and that angle is horny. (laughs) And then Tecna says that she could probably combine her database with Timmy's and, like, you know, build up some better research. And I believe her. I don't think that's a euphemism. I think she's legitimately excited to merge data sets and do statistical (laughs) analysis. (laughs) nerd Uh, Aisha is having none of this heterosexual nonsense however and is against the whole idea Uh, so they are going to go to Red Fountain regardless because Aisha has been outvoted (laughs) and when Bloom says they can't leave without Flora uh, Tecna decides to call her and gets Flora's voicemail which is actually a very cute moment because (laughs) voicemail Hey, this is Flora. Sorry I missed your call, but I'll get back to you when I can. Uh, Tecna wants to wait for Flora. Stella says that it's too important that they need to talk to the boys right now, because again, she's horny. And asks Aisha to stay behind and wait for Flora, because she doesn't have anything going on in her love life. And Aisha gets annoyed. <laughs> uh, so Aisha agrees to stay behind since there's nothing at Red Fountain for her. And then some sad music starts up as she walks away. And this song is so boring, but also very homosexual. Yeah, Aisha has a ballad here about how lonely she is. Um, so the actress playing her does have a great voice, but the lyrics are very redundant she keeps repeating the same phrase and that's like one is the loneliest number you could ever be <laughs> halfway through uh, music comes in and starts rapping over the sad ballad the exact the second verse same as the first but now there's rapping involved and these are raps about how Aisha is not alone because she has the other wings and they can find her a boyfriend. The boyfriend is Musa. This is love song, and you can't convince me otherwise. How can a song so heterosexual be so gay? And then Musa drags Aisha to Red Fountain, because I guess Flora's just chopped liver. Um, at the end, Musa's like, there are a ton of guys at Red Fountain. Come on. And then a wild narrator appears. This narrator is here explicitly to explain what Red Fountain is for the parents of the audience. And then we get a musical number from the boys. Get ready for the beat, as far as I can tell from the track list. It's a dance number. Yeah, a single chorus and a lot of choreo. Uh, Timmy looks eerily like Elton John, and Riven has been given the worst (laughs) wig in the entire production. His widow's peak is just a piece of felt glued onto his head. This is also the Magic Winx Clubhouse debut of Helia who is Flora's contractually obligated boyfriend and the fifth specialist. Uh, His whole thing is that he is more into fine arts and poetry than fighting, but still can if he has to. And this is also an interesting fact that I have read, but I have been unable to source, so take it with a grain of salt. Apparently, Helia's character was originally intended to be a girl before the decision was made to give Flora a boyfriend. So I hope it is not too flippant of me to say that he's trans now and Rainbow can't stop me from saying that. Okay, first of all, yes. (laughs) I accept that headcanon. Secondly, this camera work is absolutely horrible. Each of the specialists get a dance break with, like, their name in laser lights somewhere. But the camera just goes... Wherever. So after the dance break, the boys act like weird frat bros. 
Oh yeah, good dance, bros. Oh, chest bump, high fives, and slap then, you on the ass. Uh, Brandon says Sky fights like a girl. Casual misogyny. Sky gets aggro. Riven points out that uh, the wings are girls and they're pretty chaos. And it's always tragic when the worst person you know has said something correct. And then Helia breaks his own character as I know it. Uh, and is like, yeah, but they can only, like, the wings can only say themselves when we're there. Uh, what have you done to my beautiful sons? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Shut up. You get better very quickly, but come on. Yeah, this was a wild line that's extremely weird. Uh, uh, my next line is just, uh, Stella is so hot. Stella does that thing where she, for lack of a better term, I fuck the camera a lot. She finds the camera and she just smolders at it. <laughs> and then we'll go right back to acting in the scene. It's actually quite impressive. So uh, the Winks, Sans, Musa, and Flora enter stage right. Uh, the dimension is in danger, of course. They need to find the MacGuffin to stop the tricks. Of course. Brandon treats it like it's not a really big deal, which is weird. Stella tears into him by giving a very technical explanation of what a magical essence is that was broken down by Tekna earlier. And then Brandon drops to his knees and scoots after her for forgiveness. Uh, Helia asks where Flora is. Tekna admits they have no idea where Flora is. And then uh, she and Timmy go to compare smartwatches. Helia is so worried about her. Yeah, after that weird line, he immediately becomes like, uh-oh. He's very, it's very cute, actually. Oh, I forgot Aisha was not here. Uh, that's because this is when Musa and Aisha come in. Um, Musa asks if Riven has ever heard of a magic circle. And he says that we can reasonably assume it is magical and round. Which Musa laughs at. And that gave me a giggle. And uh, Stella's like, hey, is my ring a magic circle? But this isn't one of those video games where you can get the quest item for the quest and turn it over right away, so that's not it. Uh, then Timmy calls everyone over because by combining their watches, he and Tekna found a copy of the script. <laughs> and it tells them that the tricks have taken Flora to the Shadow Castle, which is a location from Season 2. Which is a castle covered in shadows. It, it's located in the Underdark. Uh, apparently the bottom of magics is conveniently hollow. Like the earth. That's where the mole people live. Uh, so the winks go off to save Flora, since Aisha knows where the castle is, which is a season two plot point that she has broken into it before to try and defeat the main bad guy of season two on her own, which obviously doesn't work because you need the power of teamwork to defeat a main bad guy. So Brandon asks if they're going to need help. Stella is still ticked off at him, so she says they'll be fine. But then Helia tries to tag along. Because he's really worried about Flora. Uh. And because he's doing it for purely altruistic reasons, Stella reassures him that Flora will be fine. And this is very sweet, and it is what I remember of his character. I think what happened is that he just got swept up in the frat bro moment. Uh, the winks transform and we change scenes. And we go right into a set where the tricks have put Flora in a chair surrounded by a laser cage. I'm glad they gave her a box to sit on. Flora refuses to tell the tricks anything because she genuinely has no clue what they're talking about. And uh, Darcy's like, aren't you supposed to be the smart one? And Flora goes, yeah, and that's how I know my friends are going to be here to save me. Uh, Stormy goes to fight her, but then Icy calls our, uh, Darcy and Stormy to join her with the Tome of Forgotten Spells. And there's a very cute joke where Icy asks where it is, and Stormy says she forgot. <laughs> so they get the book and they start doing some light hand jiving to get the magic spell to work and it's not working <laughs> but then they do the things where you link your elbow with the person next to you and then spin your arm around so you're doing it the other way and that works of course they start chanting in latin and a big glowing green laser pointer opens up and don't look directly into it you will go blind do not stare into the abyss uh, the tricks wander into the green spotlight and leave Flora and herself, presumably to starve. Which is when the Winks wander on stage, with, and Stella has her staff out. It is super cool. Stella's staff is a plasma disc from Spencer's on a stick. 
And let me tell you, from from the audience, it looks pretty good. Up close, not so much, but it's really cool and really clever. So Tecna is scanning for Flora, but the scan is being interrupted by the ambient uh, negative vibes. <laughs> get some bad juju going on. We get a name drop of the big bad of season two, uh, Darkar, but he does not appear in this musical. And the girls act like they've already taken care of him, so I guess this does take place between seasons two and three. So the girls wander around on stage acting like they're looking for Flora, but, you know, she's right on the other side of the stage. It's that theater thing you do where it's like, I can't see you because you're not right in front of me. Uh, They find Flora's laser cage, and uh, before they can get her out of it, the tricks portal back in. And the tricks conveniently cast a spell so the wings can't fly because we cannot afford to fit all of these different theaters for flight harnesses. (laughs) Uh, And Flora cannot transform or use any cells from inside her cage. A really cool fight scene of the wings getting their ass handed to them. Uh, the tricks use their new super powerful magic because by going through the portal for about five seconds, they were able to steal all of the magical essences from all the planets in the magic dimension, like you do. Uh, and they make the wings jazzercise. <laughs> and if you look closely, you can see Flora is also in this, but she's just standing up while doing it. Uh, the wings tactically retreat. After Flora tells them to escape and come back once they have the magic circle. And the tricks celebrate because for the moment they have genuinely won. And then they go into the audience, they do a reprise of their villain's song. And we go to the Winx's dorm room. And around here is where the consistent lyric translations go away. So the Winx's dorm room projection is all like woobly. <laughs> which is a result of the magical essence of magics being removed uh and when stella comes into the scene her wig is messed up the wings act like the place has been totally trashed and when bloom sits on the bed she acts like it's broken like you know like this like the bed frame is broken so she's falling in and when stella comes in with her wig all jacked up she says be grateful you can have a bed because there is a little hurricane trapped in her bedroom <laughs> she mentioned something about she got a perm or it's it sounds like it anyway might just be dutch weirdness Faragonda comes back on the jumbotron announces that the balance of the magical dimensions has been you know eliminated uh, <laughs> everything's gone cross-eyed the tricks have destroyed the natural order help us obi-wan kenobi you're her only hope and then she leaves them to stew in their anxiety without giving any hints on how to fix the situation. Uh, the boys show up. They do a little cheerleading routine to try and get the girls back in good spirits. Sky suggests they storm the castle to get Florida back. Griffin says it's a terrible idea. And Bloom suggests they all just sleep on it and come up with a better plan. And then we get another musical number, Take Me By The Hand. Very cute. Uh, a lot more of Stella mugging for the camera. She has a prolonged mug that is just fantastic. And then Brandon comes over looking kind of like uh, like a himbo. And then she just turns and goes back to acting with him. And I'm like... <clears throat> so all of the Winks pair up with the love interests. But because Flora isn't here, Aisha uh, gets to pair up with Helia for her dance routine. Which is kind of cute. Also, this sound, this song has a very strong Christian pop vibe. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's weirdly Christian poppy. Jesus, you're the one. The one that I do love. Honestly, yeah. That sounds like you could be the real lyrics to this. Also, presumably, this was our act break. Because... The screen goes dark, and then when we come back, the scrim is down over the stage, and the Wanks are walking through the audience singing the theme song again. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the bathroom break. And the narrator informs us that the Wanks have gone to Alfie's library to do more research on the magic circle. 
And Bloom goes to the research podium from season one and asks for library books about the magic circle. And then the bookshelves all rumble and spit out some books that are, conveniently enough, enough books for everybody to get to do some prop work. Um, there is a, a cute uh, character bit where there's a minor earthquake and Stella's just trying to like get all the books to stop falling. Uh, so Aisha reads from her book that the magic circle is located in the heart of the magical dimension. And then the girls do something shockingly logical and pull out an atlas to find out where the, cir- the center of the magical dimension is. Stella offers to teleport them there using her scepter, but apparently at some point, Technomension like, is an incident at some point where it went really, really wrong, so they're just going to fly there using the specialist spaceship instead. Because we have B-roll of that. And also so we can get another song with the specialists. Yeah, because we cut right to the plane at the center of the dimension. Where everybody is wandering around looking for the magic circle. This planet is so big, we've been walking for hours! Uh, yeah, that's how planets work. Stella complains her boots are dirty and Brandon starts spit-shining them, and I did not consent to being part of the scene. (laughs) <laughs> so Techno suggests they look at some more data. Uh and then she and Timmy wander off together again to do more statistical analysis. Otherwise known as making out. No, they're nerds, it's legit statistical analysis. <laughs> also, uh Timmy like compliments Techna and says she's always got like she's always got everything together. And then Bloom very cutely teases Sky and asks her why he never compliments her like that. Everyone else is flirting with their date mates. Why aren't you flirting with me? And then Helia gets pouty because he doesn't know if Flora understands how he feels about her. Which is the cue for our next song, Give Me Wings. Which is, in my mind, the showstopper. This song is so good. This song is so good. It is. It's very good. It's performed as duets between every pair of wings and specialists, and Aisha and Helia do some very cute play flirting. <laughs> like there, it's obviously nothing serious. She's just teasing him, but it's very cute. He's she's teasing him, and they're both in on it. Yeah, they're they're just having a good time because they need some levity because Flora is. Yeah, I hope you don't like Flora because she's hardly in this musical. What is this, Fate the Wink saga? Oh! Early burn! Um, after this song, we return to Althea, where Bloom is having a blacklight laser party in her dreams. And all of a sudden, Bloom, tis I, Daphne, and totally not Flora in a stupid headdress. It is the same actress who plays Flora, but they gave her a fluorescent costume, which I think is actually a pretty effective way of imitating the way that Daphne glows, because, you know, she's a ghost. Daphne tells Bloom that she will find the magic circle in the heart of the magic dimension, and when Bloom says they've already been there, Daphne advises her not to look outside of themselves for the magic circle. And that's when Bloom wakes up screaming, like I do, every so often. (laughs) Bloom, what's wrong? Do you have a night terror? Yeah, Aisha comes in to check on her. And Bloom shares the very simple Yodawism of inside yourself look to find the magic circle. Uh, real quick, uh, for a cute little, um, like, design note. Uh, Bloom, like, their pajamas are initialed. So Bloom's pajamas has a B on it for Bloom. And Aisha has an L for lately I've been feeling forever alone. <laughs> Uh, Bloom wants to tell the others what Daphne's given her as a hint, but Aisha tells her to let them rest. They'll work on it more tomorrow. And then Bloom has a soliloquy. And by a soliloquy, I mean Bloom sings a verse, and then there's a disembodied chorus. This song is not as boring as Aisha's song, but still very boring. Like, it's it's thematically really cool, but it doesn't need to be here. It's just here to get another track on the soundtrack. It's here for a scene change. Because after this, we go straight to the tricks. 
Uh, Stormy has a novelty-sized chalice of dry ice for Flora to drink. <laughs> Ow. Uh, and of course, this is a truth potion. And Flora, after drinking the truth potion, uh, because they didn't tell her it was a truth potion until she started drinking, and she's very thirsty. <laughs> Speaking of, real quick, Icy is sitting on the ground with her legs crossed like the bamf she is. Yeah, Icy is casually model posing. Aren't we lovely hosts? We've given you something to drink, and we may even give you something to eat. So, Flora, after being truth potion, reveals that a magic circle is a circle of power formed in the heart of the magical dimension, which is further defined as a circle formed from the power of your own heart. The tricks mime microphones while getting her to spill the beans, and Darcy mimes a boom mic, so she's just like, here. Yeah, they're they're doing they're they're doing bits. So the tricks decide that they should make their own magic circle, but apparently they can't. And Icy jumps to the conclusion that it's because they have an odd number of people. So if they keep so if the wings don't have flora, they can't make a magic circle either. Because there's not an even number of people. And to which I say, can't somebody just step aside? <laughs> well, don't worry, because the tricks are here to make a stupid Roadrunner joke, and I love it. Yeah, they go, they like, they pose like they're about to run off, and they all go, meep, meep, and, meep, then, meep. and then the scene changes again. <laughs> they, they rev up like Sonic the Hedgehog about to start running. So the next morning, Bloom has gathered the rest of the Winks, everyone in horrible monocolored uh, rayon pajama sets. They, they are cheap looking. Still initialed. And uh, they all come to the same conclusion, that it is a literal circle of the six of them. They're still going to need help to beat the tricks, though, so they're going to recruit the specialists, and because this is a theater show for children... We get audience participation. Clap your hands or Tinkerbell's going to die. They need more than the specialists, however. Stella turns to the audience and asks everyone to hold hands and shout that they believe in fairies. It's This is actually a very cute moment. They make all of the parents and kids in the audience stand. And the audience show that several of these parents, siblings, and the like are not too happy to be made to stand up. There's an audience pan, so you can see a lot of the kids. Some of the girls like just dressed as fairies. Some of them are in outfits like, oh, the Winx fairy outfits, and those are really cute. And then the the uh, camera guy is going down the audience, and he stops on this one mom. She turns to it and then just slowly stands up. <laughs> because she has been pressured into doing so. Uh, the five winks do a reprise of, is it repri? Reprise? Uh, I've always said reprise. Uh, so they, yeah, they, they do take me by the hand again. And then the audience is clapped enough. And then the girls transform, which is done really well. Because, like, they do a blue lit dance number where everybody takes off the pajamas and they're wearing the fair outfits under them. It's blue backlight. So you can only see the silhouettes from the audience anyway. When you get close up, you can see their fronts. But And at one point, Bloom and Stella do that thing where you move in a circle <laughs> and a person moves in the opposite direction behind you. They do it like three times because they got that one shot and it's the only shot that looked good. And also because Tecna has to put on her cat suit. <laughs> Honestly, I'm pretty sure if I went back and watched that scene when Tecna is gesturing, I'd be able to see that her hands are covered. <laughs> do you know what i mean right um but yeah this was super cool there's also some light strobing and like slow motion shots to make it look even more magical because this is the dvd and we have money now some stagehand throws techna her hat it lands point down in the stage like a lawn dart <laughs> well no, i think they lost the hat because there she does not wear the hat for the rest of the show Oh, huh. I wonder if that was a decision they made at some point in the... Because if, if this is from multiple productions, then I suppose they could have eventually made a point 
like she'll wear the hat for the opening and for um promotional stuff but at some point she doesn't wear it anymore or it's a genuine error and somebody forgot to give her the prop um could be both hard to say honestly especially with stuff like this so after we transform the shadow castle set gets projected immediately probably just to save some time we're treated to a slow down electric guitar version of Life of a Fairy Isn't Easy that is apparently now called One Team, One Battle, One Goal. And the specialists are here this as well. A, this is also a really cool song. Uh, the whole cast gets on stage and fights at each other. And Flora gets jerked around by the tricks. Because she is still brainwashed. So uh, she gets away though. And uh, transforms off stage. So while she gets changed, the tricks do some more hijinks banter. <laughs> the best of which is uh, Darcy says something and Icy yells at her that she should have never learned to talk Ooh. I'd expect that directed to Stormy not Darcy uh, so the winks get back on stage there are now all six of them they form a ring around the tricks with the specialists and the tricks get sucked into a trap door on the stage while triumphant guitar plays and because of the angle you can very clearly see the stage going down but from the audience of the theater descending into nothing, like melting. Um, but you can also see the tricks trying to do like magic casting or whatever. Like, yeah, why isn't it working? Yeah, oh my god, I can't do magic anymore. Yeah. Uh, the audience claps and then they do the victory song. Which we is... are the champions. Everybody wanders down the aisle, shakes hands, and then gets back on stage. Miss Farragonda pops up. The Winks have returned the magical essences to their proper places and a ball is thrown in their honor and then the tricks get paraded around in chains while everyone boos them before they get shoved back down into the trap door of shame <laughs> they will apparently be non-specifically punished presumably with another forced spa day and then music starts breaking the turntables and the last number of the show is called dance with me a 2006 dance party ending and your final grade for this assignment, B+. Musa is not involved in the dance party because her actress had a hard out, I guess. She's just working the turntables this entire number. And so Riven dances with Aisha for this. She is rocking some pioneer headphones, scratching on a set of turntables not plugged into anything. Their ball outfits are just their Winx outfits Without the wings. Yeah, I guess they didn't want to wear the harnesses for the wings for this scene. Probably just to facilitate the dancing, if I had to guess. And uh, there is one last uh, chorus of Take Me By The Hand, and then everybody bows, and the credits roll, while the six wings perform the theme song. And that... That took a lot less time than I thought it would. Honestly, yes. For, the, for taking literal days... To do these notes, I can't believe our recording is, for full transparency to the audience, currently at under an hour and a half. Now that we have finished our summary, did you pick out a best worst at MVP for this? Because I didn't know if you wanted to do that bit for this. I didn't, but we can. Okay, so what is the best in your opinion? The best is... How they adapted Winx Club into a stage musical. They did this very well. I agree with that. Um, the best for me... I want to give it to whoever did the, whoever wrote the songs. Because for the large part, they are done very well. Oh, yes. Um, the songs are also on the Winx Club Netherlands YouTube channel. Uh, what's the worst for this production for you? That awkward, gross mischaracterization of Helios, that one line. Hard same. What's up with that, like, bro? It, it really could have been Riven because he's the worst, or specifically Riven's wig. <laughs> but that paints Helia in a very weird light, even though he's very caring and nice. And who's your MVP for this production? The cast for putting their heart and soul into this musical? 
Like, the entire musical, I couldn't find anyone who looked like they weren't having a good time. I legit thought you were just going to say Stella's actress for her voracious mugging at the camera. Um, (laughs) The casting director for choosing very hot people. My MVP is going to be the camera team. Because this is very well shot. Except for the part during the boys dance number. That's bad. Yeah. But I was very pleased overall. I Honestly, I liked how everybody interacted with the cameras because most of the time everybody did a very good job of catching the cameras at the right moments but still performing for the audience. Sometimes when you shove a camera into an actor's face, they just perform to the camera or they just perform to the audience and do not connect with the camera at all. Like It seems like this was a bunch of experienced theater actors. Right, like, they definitely knew what they were doing. So, with that said, I have a special announcement to make, Club Kids. We are recording this January 13th, which means we are ten day no, nine days from the release date of Fate the Winks Saga. <laughs> Which, it feels wild that on episode one, we announced that the cast had been cast, and now we get to actually talk about the show. Right? Um, everything that I've seen about it, just from trailers and, like, reading articles about it, I am very excited. I know, it's very interesting, because to me it seems like we're two of the only people who are. There's a lot Everyone of... seems like they're gonna hate this. And you know, it's they're they all say it's too different. They all say why bother even calling it Winks Club if this is what you're going to do. But what I have to say to that is Eugenio Strafi has been trying to make a live action Winks Club for a very long time. And he kept waiting until they had the right people and the right means to do it. Which means that he himself had a hand in the casting process, most likely. And I do not approve, really, of whitewashing Musa or replacing Flora entirely. But I am also going to give this series a fair chance as a product. I have also seen reviews. I have also read that it is very drastically different in tone from the cartoon, but I am a noted enthusiast of the chilling adventures of sabrina so i have a feeling i'm going to like this not least of which because the main character is like our the actress for bloom was also on that show so she has some experience with uh magical teen nonsense and i'm just very gay and this cast is hot (sighs) (laughs) also today uh just today actually the official instagram for the show put up some character clips showing like little spotlights of everyone so the five main winks girls bloom aisha stella tara and musa as well as two new fairies one is beatrix who seems to be replacing the tricks and has lightning powers and a boy fairy named sam who has portal powers like he can walk through walls and also uh three specialists uh so of course sky and riven as well as a new character named dane my hope is that they are not going to make him aisha's love interest because they would be the only two black characters hooking up and that is always weird but I am excited to see, to get to, like, see and know Tara, Beatrix, Sam, and Dane as members of the extended Winx canon. We welcome you with open arms. Oh, I'm so excited. And thankfully, Fate the Winx Saga is a six-episode series. I am hopeful that they will get the viewership and the numbers to proceed with the season two, because I always want stuff associated with properties I like to succeed. 
but we will just have to see what the general response is to it. Because from the just the way that they have been promoting it, they are not entirely banking on nostalgia, which I like. It looks like they are trying to establish themselves as a a genuine new YA fantasy property. They're probably not going to call themselves a club. I'm excited to see where the Winx part is going to come into this. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited. So, with that programming note, if you want to follow me, Brenton, on Twitter, I am at Sonata Waves. If you want to follow me, Tess, on Twitter, you can do that at Pocky Slice. And so, until next time, when we hit you with episode one of Fate the Wink Saga, meeting adjourned. Uh, to save time. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda.